everybody. Back to Championship action after a week of FA Cup football. Norwich City travels to South Wales uh, to play Cardiff City. It seems like only five minutes ago we were welcoming Cardiff City to Carrow Road, but as is the nature of the of the fixture list at this time of year, um, Norwich will will play there. I think it's the second team, the first team they've played twice, rather. Um, but we'll we'll get into that. I'm joined by Norwich City fan James Rushmore and also audio description commentator at Cardiff Jez. Millard, um, James, let's let's come to you first um, because I, I, I want to talk about Norwich City, obviously. But before we get into that, talk to me a little bit about what you do with with Gateshead and 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 their um, and what their situation is like in the northeast at the minute. Because obviously, non-league football is a completely different world to where we are with, with Norwich and and Cardiff. Um, talk to me a little bit about your role with them and how you found this season personally. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I work up at, uh, at Gateshead, so I'm studying up at Newcastle University um, and I've worked at Gateshead for about a year and a, a year and a half now. Um, obviously, we're sitting in the, the National League North after being relegated from the National League um, the season after the last. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's difficult in non-league. Obviously, I mean, you've got kind of championship games and Premier League games being postponed um, for, for COVID-related issues. And we've kind of got that on top of the postponements that we'd normally have with, with kind of waterlogged pitches, travel issues. So it's, it's very difficult. And obviously, you've got the whole financial issue as well of being in non-league and not having then people coming through the gates that you normally would. And that's just so crucial. But yeah, at Gateshead, I, I kind of work in the media team. Um, it's been fantastic. I've obviously had the, the opportunity to come down to Kings Lynn and, and cover away games there and stuff. So I have had my links back to Norfolk. But um, yeah, although I'm up in Newcastle most of the time, university, I'm uh, still very much a Norwich fan. Uh, excellent. I know you wrote a, a nice piece for us, which we'll, we'll leave in the description of, of the YouTube video. Um, so, so go and check that out. Talk us through any any Norwich City links, not just in um, in Gateshead, but uh, I know there's a few at Hartlepool, isn't there? And, and a few in the National League, generally, obviously, um, most notably Kings Lynn and, and, and what they're doing at the moment in, in that league. But talk to us a little bit about Gateshead and, and, and whether there's any Norwich City links there at the moment. Yeah, I mean, so we've had a couple of, of Norwich kind of ex-players come through. Um, at the moment, we've got uh, Matty Patterson, who, who did play a couple of games for us. Um, a little bit of a controversial figure, I know, from um, a couple of podcasts he's been on recently. Um, but yeah, he's, he's currently um, the one of the main coaches in our academy. Um, prior to that, we had Michael Nelson, who was at the club. He's now at Blythe Spartans. Um, but he was a centre-back and also alongside Mike Williamson, our manager. So he was he was quite a big part before he kind of got poached by by Blythe um so yeah there are plenty of Norwich players kind of floating about non-league at the moment um with I know we've got a couple of players on loan um one at Kidderminster potentially I can't remember um and then obviously at Hartlepool in my piece we've got Timio Dosina, Ben Killip, uh, Mason Bloomfield all ex-Norwich players who are kind of trying to make their name again in non-league and using it as a bit of a stepping stone so um I think a lot of people obviously see non-league as being kind of a a gritty kind of way to get back up the divisions and, and kind of make their name again. And it is that, but at the same time, there are some um, fantastic teams down there that play some great football. And um, the Norwich players that I've seen and come across whilst covering non-league have, have been doing fantastic bits. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing them creep up the, the leagues as well. Mm, absolutely. I can think of a few of the top of my head. Harry Toffolo to a lesser extent. I don't know if he ever actually dropped in on league. Cameron Norman's a really good example, isn't he, after what he did at Kings Lynn. Um, mm. And of course, uh, a player that we'll come on to talk about a, a little bit, um, Dan Barden, and, and maybe what non-league has, has done for him, which is really interesting as well. So we'll come on to that in, in a moment, James. But um, you, you certainly do some great work with, with Gateshead. Um, Jez, let's let's bring you in. Uh, you kind of started when you came in saying that 
maybe Cardiff City wasn't the best thing for you to be talking about at the moment. So I got the impression that maybe things aren't as, let's say, aren't as good as 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 maybe they are here in Norfolk at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, you probably know just as well as we do from similar perspective. We've both been in the Premier League recently. And anytime you come down from the Premier League, it's a bit of a, a lull to say the least, you know. But um, you guys have done well keeping the majority of your squad together. We probably cut back quite a bit, at least on squad size, um, over the last couple of seasons. And, and we're down to, 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 I wouldn't say bare bones, that's probably a bit unfair. But, you know, we, we'd be lucky to have two players in every position, at least senior players in the minute. So... From that perspective, we are struggling. As soon as you have injuries on top of that, um, you know, your team looks very different to, you know, your potential best side. So form-wise, we, we've we lost four of the last five league games, one of them against yourselves. I think, as you mentioned at the top of the show, we've played you recently. I, I looked, it was less than a month ago, um, which is unusual. And because of postponements and with COVID and FA Cup and time of year as well, it was only, um, I think it was only our third game ago from us. I think you might have played one or two extra games in between them, but we only played you three games ago. So it's very unusual that it's this quick a turnaround. Um, the way you played against us last time, I probably wouldn't be in a rush to play you again. You, you played fantastic, at least on the you know the attacking side. When you've got Puki, um, Cantwell, Benadia, these three quality players who should all probably be in the division above. So not overly looking forward to it, but who knows? Before we um, before we get sort of delve into the game, so to speak, uh, I thought I'd um, ask you a little bit about Sol Bamba and, and that obviously sad news that, that came out this week with, with his diagnosis. Uh, as a Cardiff fan, just talk to us a little bit about him and uh, maybe his fighting spirit as well, which is which is always sort of described as being needed after a diagnosis like this. But in- incredibly sad news for for anyone, um, but especially sad news for for Cardiff fans who seem to hold him in such high regard. Oh, he's definitely he's definitely a fan favourite, and just as a person, I mean, if you've been following it, as soon as the the news came out, the the amount of positive and and support and feedback he got from you know almost every club, not just in the UK, but there's there's clubs all around Europe and and fans. He certainly, um, and at least comes across in any videos you've seen of him and clips. He's one of the most likable, positive, and happy gentlemen of the game. Um, so from a personal perspective, it's it's devastating to see that, you know, it's for anybody, but but Sol as well is such a nice man. But as you can see from, I don't know if you've seen, he's, he's come out now and, and spoken about it and he's, he's happy for all the support. He's read them all. He hasn't responded to them all he said, but he's read every single one of them and he, and he really wants everybody's support to get through this. As he mentioned, he's, he's a fighter. Um, he's a battler. He's just you can from the style of play he's had over the years. You can see he's a battler. Um, so if there's anybody who can do it, it's Sol. Um, there's there's still a I think the cure rate on the type of cancer he has is is more positive than negative. So that's one thing to hold on to as well. But you know everybody's supporting him and hopefully he can, can get through this and and you know hopefully put on his boots one more time. You know, he's 36, I think, yesterday or maybe today. So hopefully he's still got an, a few more games in him if he can get over this uh, relatively straightforwardly. Yeah, absolutely. I know Norwich fans and, and obviously myself and everyone um, everyone here wishes, wishes Sol all the best and a speedy recovery. And like you said, hopefully we can see him on the pitch very, very soon. James, as, um, as Jez kind of mapped out there, it's not been a, a, a long time in terms of football that 
these two sides last met really and, and Norwich were very good that day Neil Harris has subsequently described them as the best team in the championship I think he said they were better than the Leeds United side that that won the league last year um, high praise from him in terms of how that game went it, for Norwich City is it just a case of kind of repeating what they did in that game or, or are you expecting Cardiff maybe to to adapt things a little bit yeah, I, I mean, any team that kind of you've played already in the season are, are going to hopefully, from their perspective, learn from from the game, um, just as we would hope to learn from from how Cardiff reacted to us. So I think it wouldn't be surprising if we see a different Cardiff. Um, I think a lot of teams are starting to suss out how we play this season. Um, you look at teams like like Luton and um, and Wickham to some some example as well. Um, if you can really press Norwich and and really kind of keep the tempo up, then you've got a decent chance against against Norwich and the players that we've got. So, I mean, if, if Cardiff kind of turn up um, on, on Saturday and, and really put a fight in, then they've got a chance. And obviously, they've, they've got that previous game, which was only a month ago, to kind of to, to, to learn from. Um, so, I'd expect both sides to kind of be looking to learn from that experience. And, and, and obviously, although it has been a month, it's been a challenging month, but also we've got players back from injury and, and serve Cardiff. So, um, there might be a couple of different additions that, that potentially could turn the game on its head and and, and change the scoreline as to what it was a, a month ago. Mm, absolutely, and you kind of said there that most teams in the league maybe have sussed out how Norwich play. Is it is it more about how teams then go to stop that rather than understanding how Norwich play? Because I think they've shown this Cardiff the the game at Carrow Road was a really good example of maybe the individual talent that Norwich City have as well as the collective talent, and maybe it feels like stopping some of the players that Jess sort of reeled off at, at, at the top of the show, Buendia, Campwell, Pukki, Aarons, as maybe everyone kind of expected it would be, is, is kind of the key to, to stifling Norwich City and what they want to do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like I say, I think the, the work rate that we come against is, is a big thing. If you, if you come against a team that sit back, then, then Norwich do love to bring the game to them. Um, and they, they do have the talent there to kind of be able to, to really cause some damage in this league. Um, so I think it, you can't really turn up against Norwich and, and be necessarily too negative. You've really got to bring the game to them. And I think sometimes this season that's, that's kind of slightly shocked Norwich, um, as you've seen in kind of the Luton game and, and the Wickham one almost when you'd expect them to fully sit back. But yeah, I mean, that's no disrespect to Cardiff because obviously they've got some fantastic players as well. And I think Norwich have got to go into every single game and, and think that, you could potentially lose three points and at this stage in the season it's so valuable to be getting them points on the table and you can't under underestimate any team that come that you come against because they, they might potentially take them points away from you so it's it's a, it's a big game regardless so mm, it's a, yeah it's, a, it's an interesting discussion that and, and like you say i think the teams that have pressed norwich a bit more and maybe had a had a bit more of a go at them had had a bit more joy particularly given that norwich do concede chances and do concede high quality chances as well um Jez, based on that game at Carrow road based on perhaps your knowledge of of neil harris as a coach and, and what he's done with his cardiff side can you kind of see what James has alluded to there and, and him maybe adopting a slightly different approach based on what he saw at Carrow Road. Well, for you, three games ago, less than a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest, my thoughts on the on the game this weekend is going to be all dependent on which players we can get back from injury. At the minute, we have uh, Sean Morrison's out, Keeper Moore's out, which, as, as you know from our style of play, if we can get anything in the box, they're the two guys you want to have in and around the box. From an attacking perspective, those two are both, according to Neil Harris's press conference today, they're both back training, they're both back close. I think Moore's probably closer than Morrison. 
Um, so if we can get either of those on the pitch, that that's certainly something that gives us at least you know some of our strengths and an edge. I think I, I remember in the game it, it it was a bit of a battle. I mean, obviously you guys had more of the ball. You, 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 much more settled and organised outfit it seems like the way you're playing we still seem to be in a bit of transition um, under Neil Harris he's trying to change how we're playing our possession stats are going up um, so that's a positive but unfortunately we're looking a bit blunt at the top particularly since Kiefer Moore's been out for about five six games now and, and that's going to be our, our issue we can get him back I think we have a chance um, without that we do look a little bit lost for, for how we're going to do in the final third I think Harris will play the same. You're going to get a hard-working Cardiff team. You're going to get an industrious one. We will press at times. We'll sit back at times and, and we'll be comfortable with either. Um, but I think my biggest worry from yourselves is the fact we've got Morrison out, uh, Flint, obviously Bamba, we mentioned. So that just leaves us with Nelson as our only recognised centre-back at the moment. In the FA Cup, I think we played Joe Bennett um, at centre-back. So... That's my concern, really, because I think your front three, which I mentioned earlier, their movement is, um, is is you know a league above. It's not just their ability, but I think their movement and their footballing brains are probably what are giving them the cutting edge over a lot of the championship defenders at the moment. And that's my biggest worry on Saturday. No, I, 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 there'll be a lot of people that, that hear you say Sean Morrison are out there from an Norwich City perspective and will be pleased with that because I know that he, he was maybe Cardiff's biggest threat at Carrow. Michael McGovern certainly produced an excellent save, didn't he? I think in the, in the first half um, from Morrison's header at, at the back post. Um, in terms of, of kind of what you said there and, uh, and whatnot, how is the general feeling around the club and, and, and with Neil Harris at the moment? Because as, as you said, this is a, a Cardiff side that not so long ago was in the Premier League, hasn't obviously been able to, to get back up at the first attempt, lost in the, in the playoffs, um, lost Neil Warnock as well, who, who's such a um, such a massive figure in football. He knows how he builds sides and um, difficult to replace by any means, but also can leave clubs in a, in a little bit of a mess at times. Where are Cardiff City and, and Neil Harris at the moment and, and, and where do fans hope they can get to this season? Well, I don't think any party is happy where we are at the table. I don't think there's a lot of fans who are happy with Neil Harris at the moment. And to be honest, I don't think Neil Harris would be happy with where he is at the moment either. I don't think there's anybody in the club who are happy. Now, that's not to say that Neil Harris can't turn it around. You know, we've still got a lot of the players who are Premier League players who are playing in the Premier League. We haven't lost a great deal in that of that quality. Um, but I think he's trying to change how we play. Are we trying to fit, you know, square pegs into round holes sometimes? Are we playing to our strengths? That That's the question. There's been a lot of rumours that Neil Harris is close to the door. Um, and in all honesty, given the run of form, yeah, we had that winning streak prior to playing you, but either side of that winning streak and now we're on losing streaks. And that's the problem with Carpet. I mean, we can, we can go and win two, three games in a row. We can go and two, lose two, three games in a row and look like the worst team in the league and we can look like the best team in the league. And, that's the thing is the consistency that we've got to pick up. We've got some injuries, um, which don't help. But at the moment, Neil Harris is probably, I don't think it'll be the Norwich game because I think expectations are a bit lower given how well you guys are playing. But we've got a good run of fixtures after that. And if we can't pick up points fast, I think we're, uh, we're quite quite low down the table, about seven, eight points up the playoffs at the minute. And if we can't at least close that gap by a little bit, coming into February, then I think uh, pressure could be on Neil Harris if, if it isn't already too much pressure because I don't think the club are happy. Hmm, interesting stuff. Um, 
James, let's let's come to you. I, I want to speak a little bit about Norwich's Welsh goalkeeper, the the young one Dan Barden, at twenty years of age, made his uh, well, it was a, an FA first FA Cup start, wasn't it for Norwich? Um, played in the League Cup and, and came on for the second half against QPR. Very impressive. Probably my man of the match, certainly in terms of the the saves that he made. Tim Krul's positive coronavirus test has made him a, a, a major doubt for this weekend. Doesn't look like, by all accounts, that a new goalkeeper is going to be in the door before Saturday. How confident are you in Dan Barden and, and how much of an opportunity is this for him? Again, you've kind of spoken about non-league. This is a guy that spent last year on loan at, at Berry Town, which is what is main league of, of football. It's the same level as as Dereham Town. Um, so it's it's a fairly low le- level of, of football compared to the championship. But how much has that helped shape him, do you feel? So kind of three questions for you there, if, if you've memorised all of those. I'm, I'm happy to to, um, to rejig your memory if you, if you haven't. Yeah, you, you might have to. Um, I, I think I think Daniel Barden's a really good example of kind of the, the the new structure of academy system at Norwich. I think when you've got an academy which every single level is playing the same style, opposed to different coaches kind of implementing their own style, you can really see it a couple of years later down the line when you start to get them academy products come through. And I think how he just slotted into that team on on Saturday was was fantastic. Um, he was really comfortable on the ball. And um, you saw that there was a little bit of pressure at first um, with, with kind of the, the forwards really kind of pressuring him when he, when he had the ball at his feet. But he was just so comfortable. And I think I wouldn't be too worried about him starting um, in goal. I think obviously if Tim Krull's injury does kind of or the COVID kind of keeps him out a little bit longer or his injury, the main thing um, creeps back a bit. I, I would be slightly concerned him kind of being the number one possibly. Um, so I think it is quite important to get a goalkeeper through the door. Um, I know obviously we've been heavily linked with with Nyland and, and, and other keepers, but yeah, I, I think I wouldn't be too worried about him being um being number one for the weekend. And I think certainly if if Cardiff do have Kiefer Moore out and, and Morrison as well, it's it's a definite positive from our part because we've got a young keeper in goal and he could potentially be bullied by them if if they were playing and, and that would pose a massive threat. So at the moment, with them being out from injury, um, I'm quite happy with him being in goal off that display on at the weekend. So yeah. Yeah, the goalkeeper they're calling Screech, uh, which is a reference that goes completely over my head, to be honest, because of the uh, American sitcom Saved by the Bell. I think it's Jordan Hugel who's, who's responsible for that. Um, but I agree, he did look very composed. And he, Tim Krull has to return two negative coronavirus tests and obviously um, be symptomless before he can he, he can play um, for Norwich again. But um, last I heard, it was, it was fairly touch and go. And, and I think the, the preparations are being made with, with Dan Barden um, starting that game. So it's, it's going to be an interesting test. And, and I think, as you just rightly say there, what Jez has mapped out in terms of the players out maybe has made that a slightly easier task for him. Um, in terms of the FA Cup game, are there any players from that that really caught your eye that you would bring back into this game? Obviously, Jakob Sorensen played centrally. Alex Tetti had an excellent game and we're not going to mention his pirouette because um, no words that we give it are, are going to do it justice. Um, Xavi Quintier returned to left back as well. Are these any options that you'd be considering if you were Daniel Farker this weekend? Well, I mean, obviously, we did have a couple of players come back into the fold in, in terms of Xavi Quintier and, and um, I know Jakob Sorensen moved over to, to midfield. Um, I, I did like the look of Hugo. Um, that might be a little bit of Gateshead bias because he used to play um, up north. But, um, but yeah, no, I think he does cause a lot of problems. Um, and I think uh, as much as we have seen glimpses of them working with a two, I think he does bring something, a physical presence that maybe Pookie doesn't always bring. Um 
So I think he's a fantastic option to potentially throw on. Um, I mean, Quintier has obviously got talent. He can he can kind of throw a ball in the box pretty well um, from from that left flank. So um, I think we're we're really blessed with the the depth that we've got in this squad. Um, like you say as well, with with Sorensen coming into centre, I think he's he's really composed for such a young kind of guy. He's he's got a really kind of composed head on the shoulders. Um, so I, I I think that's obviously why we're looking at a left back to kind of give him some more time in in the centre. Um, but yeah, definitely, I I wouldn't be too worried if if Sorensen had to go back at left back for this week, um, purely because he's had a run of games there and and he's been nothing but solid since then, and it's it's been a a credit to to him and and the scouting kind of from Norwich to be able to bring someone in who who has the capability of doing that at such a young age. It's fantastic to see, really. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Jez, let's let's come to you. I want to I want to speak a little bit about um, Neil Harris's comments after the last game and and the praise he put upon Norwich. You, you've obviously um, you have a different perspective maybe than than James and, and even myself covering the club every week from the sides that that you've seen so far. And um, I, I don't know because of games you've, um, you've you've had called off whether you've seen everyone play yet, but you'd have seen a large chunk of of teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so where do Norwich City rank in in terms of what you've seen so far this season? Do you agree with with your manager, and and, and would you say they're the best you've seen against Cardiff so far? I think so. Yeah, I think so. The only other team I thought we had quite a good game against was Bournemouth. Um, as, as far as a, a unit's concerned, they, they were also pretty good. Uh, but I would edge. I would give you the edge over Bournemouth at the moment. I, I just think yourselves, Bournemouth, Watford. Those three, and obviously Brentford from last year, those four teams at the minute are looking like a really strong, uh, you know, contenders for the top two. And I'd imagine you guys would probably be, at least from looking at this stage of the season now, surely disappointed if you don't make top two, given the little bit of cushion you've got and, and you know, the run of form you're on. Hmm. That's uh, there you go. Jez has just made himself infinitely more popular in in the comment section, and 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 with our podcast listeners, I can I can uh, I can hear that now. Um, I, I want to speak to you a little bit about Josh Murphy. We obviously had um, Ollie on um, prior to 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 that game um, at Carrow Road, and Josh Murphy had a had a little bit of an illness, and he was kind of speaking about how it hasn't quite worked. Now the January window is open. Um, do, do you think we we're likely to see him move on from from Cardiff? I know that. Maybe there's been some talk that, that Neil Harris isn't particularly sold on him and maybe that he hasn't particularly shown the best of his ability whilst at the club. Um, I don't think he'll go uh, because I think the amount of money we paid for him, I don't think anybody's going to pay the amount of money back that we would probably deem as a, as a good good price. I think we'd probably want to hold on to him for a bit longer just to see if he can find that bit of form. His talent's undeniable. Uh, but it's his consistency. In fact, Neil Harris spoke about him just over a week ago and, and said that he can do magical things, he can do great things, but he needs to do it for longer than five, ten minutes in a game. Um, you know, he can be the best player on a pitch for that that hot spot. He gets that purple patch he gets. And, and on the FA Cup game on the weekend, he started, and for five minutes, he looked unbeatable. He put two killer balls across the six-yard box that had we have had somebody there, they'd have been tappings, and he, it was that good. But then you could struggle to think of anything else he did in that match um, unfortunately he, he's got the talent and I don't know whether it's a mindset could he just do with six or seven games of 90 minutes and just kind of force that form into him who knows I don't think he'll leave unless it'll be on loan um, but the transfer market itself is quite quiet at the moment given everything that's going on so I don't think there's too many clubs 
looking for those kind of wheel and dealings. But Harris has said in today's conference, there is an attacking player, at least it looks like, on the way out and one on the way in in the next 24 to 48 hours. So who knows? Mm, yeah, possibly. You mentioned a very quiet transfer window and it has been, James, but it seems like it, it may be beginning to hot up a little bit for Norwich City. Obviously, we've had the stuff on on uh, Nylon potentially coming in and, and we know they're after a, a second choice goalkeeper, ideally a, a free agent, but also the links that have emerged uh, on, on Thursday, which we, we're recording this about five o'clock on Thursday. So any developments happen after them before this go up, we've obviously missed, but um, I, I'm going to have a go at saying his name now. So this could, this could go well. Um, the, the guy that if he, if he does join Norwich, I think he's going to be known as Dimi. Um, Dimitros Giannouplis. Gian, oh, We'll, we'll go with that. Um, uh, I, it's 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 to be worked on. I know that. Uh, I've got a mirror behind me. So uh, if, if that does advance, I'll be just saying it over and over again. But he's been linked. Now, I'm not going to ask you what sort of player he is because it would be um, a little bit harsh to ask him about your untapped knowledge in, in, in the Greek Super League. But we know that Norwich City have been after a left back and we're kind of talking before recording. This seems one that, that does seem to tick a lot of boxes in terms of both profile, age and maybe in terms of the structure of the deal that Norwich City would look to do at the moment? 100%. I mean, it's, it's got Norwich written all over it, hasn't it? Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name as well either, I don't think. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Obviously, we've got um, Quintia at the moment at left back and it kind of took me by surprise when we, we loaned out Sam McCallum. Um, but he's obviously been playing at, at Coventry, which is a positive and It'd be fantastic to have a, another left back in so we can almost push Sorensen on a little bit further up the pitch and, and see what he's like in midfield. So, like you say, the, the deal itself, um, when it's that specific in terms of saying there's an obligation to buy and it's a supposed 500k kind of loan fee and things like that, it does sound like a, a deal Norwich would do. Um, I mean, the January window is never normally a, a massively kind of busy one for Norwich. It tends to be a, a one where if there is an opportunity, they'll go for it. You look at kind of uh, Emmy Buendia coming in then and, and getting the deal sorted before and coming in summer and, and kind of youngsters coming through. So, I, I mean, I expect to see obviously a goalkeeper. It'd be fantastic to see a left back come in. And, and also, I mean, if there are any other deals floating about that we can get now rather than the summer, why not really? Let's, let's get them get now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think from from what we gather, this is this is certainly a, a name that Norwich City are, are interested in. It's certainly a deal they're trying to do. I think by the sounds of it, it's a, it's a fairly complex one. So it may be one that that rumbles on for a while. It may not happen at all. We'll, we'll have to see over the next uh, week or two weeks or so. Um, but you, you've kind of said they're about a left back and a goalkeeper. I think beyond that, Norwich City would be quite happy. Um, let's let's talk about um, Emmy Buendia, Todd Campwell, Timmy Puki. That that kind of um, front line because I, I think we, we mentioned those three players as Jez has done and there's one position in my mind that kind of stands out you think of those three and you don't necessarily associate a number 10 with that and, and maybe this is kind of lends itself to Norwich's difficulty since Marco Stiepenman a couple of years ago to really get someone to nail down in that position Kenny McLean against Coventry looked pretty good scored a goal as, as a number 10 he, he had a very good game um, against Everton at Goodison Park Norwich's only away win in the Premier League in, in November um, I, I recall as well is that something you, you'd like to see trialed in the league given how well he did against Coventry last weekend and this nice sort of bit of form that he's worked himself into would you like to see him play as a, a, a number 10 yeah, I mean, I mean, Kenny McLean is what, what a player. He's been a great servant to the club in the couple of years that he's been here already. Um, I mean, he kind of cemented himself into Norwich folklore with the, the antics on the um, parade and things like that. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's a fantastic footballer. I think, obviously, if they want to have a number 10 in there, he's a great option to have. Um, I mean, it might be something that you look at in the summer, just to have a, another kind of um, another aspect to their, their play if they go up in the Premier League. Um, then you can also look at kind of throwing a little bit more money at it. But I mean, at the moment, you've kind of got a, a squad which is fairly deep. Um, you've got players like Marco Stieperman, you've got Rancic, and, and obviously you've got McLean as well. If they do want to put someone in there, they, they can do. And they're all players which have proven it at this level. They can play and they can create as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't be... Um, I won't be turning my nose up having uh, having McLean in a, a number ten this weekend, or or even further further along the line in that. Yeah, it's a, a nice position to be in. Um, Jez, how do you see this one going? I know maybe that Cardiff fans generally are, are feeling a little bit pessimistic at the moment, but is there any hope or, or any um, sort of? Well, hope maybe the the wrong word, but is, is there any positivity that, that you can take at the moment? Is there is there any sort of glimmer in terms of performances that that Cardiff fans can can hold on to and, and maybe take into this game for for positivity or for for hope of getting a result? Yeah, well, you know, football the standard of football is ever so slightly getting better, and we're trying to do something different. And we've still got the the, the decent players that we've always had when we performed, even getting to the playoffs last year. Nothing's changed. So on our day. You know, we are capable of, of getting a result against anybody, as are most teams in the Championship. I mean, looking at our form, the four of the games we've lost out of the last five, three of them are yourselves, uh, Brentford, and, um, oh, I can't think of the other now, but one of the top four. Um, so, we are, we've only lost, really, apart from our Wickham game, the slip-up, slip up, we've only lost to some of the better sides. Um, so, maybe it's just that we just reached our level at that point, and we... You know, we, we are going to be pushing for a playoff spot. We just can't quite compete with the big boys at the moment. So as far as hope's concerned, if we get our... Yeah, I don't, didn't want to use the word hope as you used it, but I realised I've used myself. Yeah, maybe it is hope at the moment. If we can get our starting eleven back to how we would like it to be, then then we've got a chance. It'd probably be a gritty 2-1 or something like that. Um, but equally, if we don't have one of our better days, you could be looking at, you know, a, a comfortable 2-0 like there was last time. Mm, I, I always let the the home side go first when we do this. How do you see the the game going? If if you were Daniel Farker, for example, which areas would would you target in terms of maybe weak areas? I know you've kind of spoken about the centre back spot a little bit. Um, is is that kind of where Norwich will, will get some joy for you this weekend with with Timu Puki up front? I think so. Based on the last game as well, if if, if you, the three players we've mentioned can can keep their mobility up and keep moving, I think the the last couple of goals that you scored against us were both probably from drifting inside, just getting in behind our holding midfields and in those pockets of space, and that's where he exploited us. It'd be that or at the moment right back, unfortunately, where we, we haven't got a fit recognised right back at the moment. We've got Leandro Bakuna playing. Um, so that or, or from that side would probably be the two places to target. Other than that, I think you know, we think there's going to be battles all across the pitch and, you know, 50-50s here and there. But it'll be the movement of those from free, particularly probably Pookie pulling pulling our centre-back and whoever else is alongside Nelson into places they don't want to be. And, and that's where Bandir and, and Catwell will probably exploit the gaps caused. Mm, it certainly feels like it's going to be a clash of styles. Um, just finally then from, from you, Jez, um, let's, get your, let's get your score prediction. How do you see this one going on Saturday? I'm going to stay positive because it's the Good best man. frame of mind to be in. And I think we'll, we'll have a, 
a 2-1 win and we'll probably be 2-1 up for about the last half an hour and hanging on for our lives. That's what I'm calling. Love it. Thank you, Jez. Uh, James, let's, let's come to you as well. How, how do you see this game going from a Norwich City perspective? It kind of feels like, to me, this sort of next six are quite difficult. It wouldn't surprise me if Norwich were to drop points, but how do you see this one going from, from a City perspective? I mean, it's, it's a very difficult one to predict, isn't it? Um, I think if, if you're a Cardiff kind of manager right now, if you're a Neil Harris, you, you'd be looking to kind of expose Norwich from set pieces. You'd be looking to, to kind of earn uh, free kicks in some pretty dangerous areas. Um, I mean, depending on if Christoph Zimmerman plays and things like that, there are a couple of shaky moments with him and Ben Gibson at, at the weekend. Um, but I mean, I think it's going to be a tough test, really, isn't it? it obviously, it's totally dependent as well on, on what kind of players Cardiff have back. Um, if they have uh, Kiefer Moore, if they have Morrison, then they can really cause some problems, especially with, with them corners being whipped in. And like you say, I mean, if we do have a, a young Dan Barden in, in goal, then um, that might cause some problems. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a difficult test. Um, I mean, I'm inclined to stay positive as well and say it's going to be a, a gritty 1-0 um, I don't think Norwich tend to be kind of rolling over teams this season. So I, I wouldn't ever go for kind of a, a high scoring match. Uh, maybe it would be slightly different in 18, 19 when we're kind of scoring four or five goals a game and still somehow winning. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'd like to say that we're going to be going for a one nil win and it's probably going to be a very tough test. But yeah. Love it. I don't know the last time we had um, fans on from from opposing teams that both felt their teams were going to win. So that makes it that makes it nice and interesting for the weekend. Jen, thank you very much uh, for joining me. We'll leave all of the social media links to to the guys down below, and you can you can check them out. Of course, uh, Pinkin.com, the place to go for all your Norwich City news and views as we preview the trip to South Wales. We're obviously not going to be there on Saturday because of the the current restrictions and current state of uh, of, of the coronavirus in in England and and Wales and the United Kingdom more generally as well so um, we'll be uh, we'll be covering the game from home but don't worry all the coverage will uh, will be the same thank you very much for watching make sure you stay safe if you'd like to appear on any of these videos in the future just drop us a message on uh, whichever social media platform you happen to be on and uh, we'll get you on the show thank you very much for watching stay safe see you soon 